Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin. Today with you. Good morning, Courtney. Good morning, Chris. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. We've got just so much to tackle this morning, including plenty on the NFL. Diana Rossini is going to join us. The very latest on Lamar the very latest on Aaron Rodgers. We also have to get to Dear Diana, so if you need your life advice, you need your life straightened out, this is the place to come. But right now, in the NBA, there truly is just one area where we have to focus. Here we go! Only one place to start. Backs up but doesn't shoot. Across the way to Green. Takes a pass to Hardaway. He'll drive. Around Monk. Wrap around. Left corner. Kyrie Rainbow! Oh, man! Did he bring rain with that? Yeah, because Fox got out of there on him. 31 for Kyrie! And so the Mavericks win last night, but that's not good. That's courtesy of 97-1, the freak in Dallas. Uh, Courtney... The Mavericks at this point have really no, no possible thing to benefit from making the playoffs because they're going to lose their draft pick, the number one uh, pick that they have to the Knicks, if it is outside the top ten. If they tank it here the last few games, they can make it a top ten pick, they can keep it, and they can start to build toward the future. That's part of the drama. And, of course, they go out and win last night. Then yesterday, Mark Cuban comes out and says, well, we never really had a chance to keep Jalen Brunson. We tried to do it many times, and that feels like revisionist history. And they're still talking about Jalen Brunson, and Luka looks miserable. Courtney, this thing is an absolute disaster, and the Knicks have benefited from the whole thing because you saw the effect that Brunson had this last year. Uh, on the Mavericks, and you're seeing the effect he has on the Knicks this year. Yeah, I mean, this is not a team in New York that's fighting for a spot in the play-in tournament. This is a team that is firmly in the mix in the Eastern Conference, and Dallas, not so much. The experiment that they are dealing with right now, and Kyrie Irving looks like an abject failure, and by the time this is all said and done, who knows if Kyrie Irving stays in Dallas, even though this impromptu media session that Mark Cuban held last night before they beat the Kings... He was talking about it is a priority for them to re-sign Kyrie Irving and, and, and to keep him there because he is in the last year of his contract. We'll see what happens there. Jalen Brunson being the topic of conversation for a team that he doesn't even play with anymore, Chris, is is funny when you think about it. Like when Luca was asked about it earlier this week, like, do you miss him? And I'm paraphrasing here. The answer was yes. And you can see why because they had every chance to re-sign him. I know what Mark Cuban is saying. There's points along the way, though, that negate all that he is trying to point and say, oh, it's it's Rick Brunson's fault. I mean, the easiest thing to do is blame the father who the Knicks hired in the middle of the season last year to become an assistant and say, oh, well, there was a natural tie for him there. He was leaving anyways. But what if you go back to prior to the 2021-22 season when they could have signed Brunson to that four-year extension, which was around $56 million, and that was a deal Brunson said he would have accepted and that he also said last year at midseason, right around the time of the trade deadline, he would have signed that same extension, which I just I don't understand where Mark Cuban is lining up his facts here. It certainly feels like revisionist history and maybe some alternative facts that are being <laughs> thrown into the mix. I, I, do, I don't know. Do we still use that term? Um, but it's... It's funny in a way. It's sad for Dallas Mavericks fans to see this whole experiment, the way that they've tried to make it work, fail 
in a terrible way. And I just don't know where they go in the offseason considering how much is at stake the next you know couple months in trying to figure out the pieces you're going to be able to retain. The worst thing you can do is talk about the past. It's the worst thing that you can do, especially like we're not talking about Rick uh, about Jalen Brunson when the Mavericks are ta- are playing the Knicks. We already had that. That was you know a month, two months ago. Now we are at the end of the season. There are two games left in the season, and you're talking about this. And just to be clear, here's where it all started the other day. This is what you referenced, Luca being asked about this. How much have you guys missed Bronson? <laughs> A lot. Mm, you know, amazing guy, amazing player. You know, for sure. You know, Courtney, that one, that felt like laying the groundwork. That felt like, and you as a reporter know that this happens occasionally to some, but that felt like somebody around Luca kind of nudged a reporter and says, hey, you you should ask him about Brunson. You should ask him about that. Kind of trying to lay that groundwork for starting to figure out if he can find his way out this summer or to be a big part of the conversation. Maybe I'm reading into it too much, but that's what that felt like. Well, there's been a lot of blame heaped on Mark Cuban and Luca, in some respects, has been able to get off scot-free because how can you blame a player, Chris, that's scoring 40 points in a loss? And when you look at it a little bit more, a little bit closer, you can see that there's there's ways that Luca could probably have done things differently once Kyrie Irving gets there, and maybe even before that, when they determine, hey, we're not going to be able to keep Jalen Brunson last year in free agency, things that Luca could have done to alter his game. And I think Luca realized that that he is kind of part of the outlier conversation, and this is his way to be like, hey, I wanted to keep him. You know, he's a great guy. He was a big part of what we did. And think about how much better they, I mean, they went to a Western conference finals with him last year. Like, how do you, how do you get out of that and try to say, well, it's not me. Look, like we, you know, I really miss the guy that we could have kept. We could have tried a little bit harder to keep him in the fold when it was so apparent that this was their priority. Number one last off season. And then they don't, I'm going to show you how sad I am and how frustrated I am about this happening and to put, pressure potentially on the front office, on Nico Harrison, Jason Kidd, Mark Cuban to fix this once and for all. Otherwise, I'm going to be thinking about my future and that it might not be in a Dallas Mavericks uniform much longer. I I thought it was pretty interesting to see Woj last night on NBA Countdown lay it out again just to remind everybody after that Cuban conversation yesterday exactly how it all went down. You alluded to it. Here's the actual timeline itself. This is a hard one for them to recover from. And then once Dylan Brunson got into free agency, his father became a assistant coach with the Knicks. His former agent, Leon Rose, is now the president of the Knicks. He's in Dallas. He's offered about $5 million a year less in free agency to keep Dylan Brunson. Now, you would understand at that point. You saw the Knicks clearing space staff. They knew the relationships. But you probably thought, and maybe rightly so, at that point, he was gone. But the Mavs did have opportunities to sign Jalen Brunson. They didn't. And now it's very difficult for this organization. They do not have assets. And they let an all-star walk out the door. An all-star would have stayed. So the opportunity was there in every single way. And now they have Kyrie, who <laughs> watch him against the, Maver- or against the Lakers a couple of weeks ago. After the Lakers beat the Mavericks, 
he was more celebrating with the Lakers about the win than he was with his own team at that point. He's as good as gone. They could lose this pick that if they end up finishing 11th. So that eliminates uh, another asset. I mean, Courtney, the Mavericks are in a disastrous position, and it's amazing that you have to give the Knicks credit on this front because when they went to sign Jalen Brunson this offseason, there was this feeling of, a okay, he's pretty good. We like him. He's going to help us. Okay, but where's Donovan Mitchell? You know, why didn't we go trade for Donovan Mitchell? Jalen Brunson shows what an effect that he had on the Mavericks going to the conference finals last year. Now, by the way, he's playing at the moment with the Knicks and everything he's doing for them. It's very clear that the Mavericks severely undervalued him. A hundred percent. And I want to go back to something Woj said. If I heard that correctly, the Mavs, like once, you know, once we know, we knew what the number was going to be for the Knicks. And that came out obviously later when he signed that four year contract that they offered five million less like in total there. That's absurd because Cuban in this press conference, this impromptu thing he did before the game last night, claimed that the team was never given a chance to re-sign him during the summer. And he said that, you know, it was BS if he believed they were, despite the team holding on to Brunson's bird rights, which would allow you to offer more money and the additional year than any other team when Brunson reached unrestricted free agency. So... He was claiming that they didn't know what to bid for. Well, I think that it was pretty obvious considering the lack of a market there. Like the, it was Jalen Brunson as one of the top free agents last offseason. Everybody else was trying to get traded out of their spots. So if you're talking about people in unrestricted free agency, I don't think it was that hard to figure out what the number could have been. And if you're thinking, oh, well, we don't want to outbid for somebody, well... Look at where your team is now. Look at the trade assets you gave up to get Kyrie Irving. I mean, think about what you did on the defensive end, letting Dorian Finney-Smith, like a great 3-and-D player, go. And now you're in a situation where you have no defense and you have no bench and you have two dominant on-ball players who can't seem to mesh in this system where you had a good formula, a recipe for success last year with Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic, and you said, you know, that might not be worth it to us long-term. I think they've undervalued Jalen Brunson, or they did in the process, dating back to the start of the 2021-2022 season. I don't know what the issue was, if there was something that was more of a political thing internally. Very clearly, not just because of the Leon Rose connection and the Rick Brunson connection, the Knicks valued that. They valued being able to put somebody like that in their backcourt to boost where they were a year ago, where they were fighting to get in the postseason, and now they're firmly in it. Somebody made the right decision. Somebody ended up getting egg on their face, and that person's Mark Cuban right now. Here's what I want to know. At this point, is this now going to become Luka this summer putting himself at a standoff with the Mavericks management? What are we doing, fellas? And if we're not doing something that I like, it's time for me to force my way out of here. I think Luka deserves blame in all this. I am not going to be shocked if this becomes a real discussion this summer that the Mavericks will be in a position where they have to trade him because he wants his way out. They're going to become the Brooklyn Nets of the 2023 offseason. A lot of toxicity, a lot of drama, a lot of players wanting out. Yep, not good, not good. It's Courtney Cronin, Chris Carlin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are just getting started. On the way, we have gotten to the point where the Ravens are hardly even fielding questions about Lamar. 
Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. So, do you need to figure something out in your life? I would ad- I would clearly advise you to send it to us right now with the hashtag Dear Diana, because Diana Rossini will be along in just moments to solve all of the problems of your life, including what the hell's going on with the Ravens. It's all next. It is Courtney and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL insider, joins us right now in just moments. Dear Diana, on the way to answer questions about how to fix your life. But first, Diana... Uh, what is up with the Ravens? Why will they not even answer questions about this at this point? For those who didn't hear it, I'll play it for you. Um, from yesterday's press conference, when somebody attempted to ask a question about Lamar Jackson. With respect to the, this being about the draft and everything, just with the Lamar stuff that's going on. Hey, guys. Are you, guys, are you all looking at quarterbacks? Out, out, out. If you can, this is about the draft. Just move off the, the question. About the draft, are you looking at quarterbacks differently because of the situation that's going on? Yeah, you know, I don't think we really are. Yeah, so it's basically a good question, and you actually got a good answer out of it, Diana. What do you make of this whole situation right now? Are the Ravens just sick of it all? Yeah, I wish my life advice would extend to Baltimore uh, <laughs> because they could, it seems like they could use a little counsel. But, you know, they, they obviously have a, a plan in place here, and, and you know, yesterday's draft luncheon and for those listening every year uh, around this time each NFL team has their GM and sometimes even their head coach available to take questions from the media to get you ready for the draft and uh, Eric DaCosta the general manager of the Baltimore Ravens didn't didn't really take any time to talk to reporters at the league meetings last week where we had an opportunity to, to talk to most GMs. So this was really the first time we were hearing from him, and the fact that he never even said the word Lamar Jackson, and obviously uh, Chad Steele, their head of the communications, was, was very specific about how he wanted the questions to go. And 
he did not want Eric DaCosta to have to take any questions about Lamar. And look, Chris, some of this could be negotiation tactic, right? This could be them trying uh, not to show their cards to uh, Lamar Jackson's camp. But what's interesting to me is up until now, every single thing you hear out of Baltimore, usually stemming from their head coach, John Harbaugh, is that Lamar Jackson's their quarterback. They believe in him. He's their guy. He's the future. All of that, right? They've never wavered. Even last week at the league meetings, you know, as soon as Coach sat down and Lamar tweeted about um, requesting a trade back on March 2nd. So they've had, the, the Ravens have done a great job of handling this. And then yesterday just came off a little bizarre. Do I think that they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round? I, I, I really don't. Could, could I be wrong? Absolutely, I could be wrong. I, I don't get that sense that that's really what they're going for. But I think what it tells you is where these negotiations stand. I think it gives you a little – it sheds a little light that maybe, maybe the Ravens are thinking, we got to think past Lamar Jackson next year. They seem rattled. I mean, that's how I took it when I hear that exchange between PR and the reporter, and he's eventually allowed to ask his question. But this is a team, like you said, who's answered questions about Lamar Jackson up until this point where they say draft only, even though this factors Mm -hmm. in. So I I get it, keeping their options open. Like, yeah, we might draft a quarterback in the first round. Maybe that's a negotiation tactic. But realistically, is there – we've heard the Patriots chatter for a while now. Is there any movement on that front that could potentially – yield a decision on where Lamar Jackson's going to be, whether it's with New England, whether it's somewhere else, before we get to April 27th? Court, I haven't heard of anything legit about the Patriots' interest in Lamar Jackson. I think there's been some fun chatter. I think, obviously, Meek Mill's text messages with Robert Kraft, the owner, all of that, um, I think, was fodder. Uh, from what I can gather, after having multiple conversations with people all around the league stemming from last week in Arizona, Baltimore seems to be the only team in the Lamar Jackson race at this point. Could that change after the draft? Yes. Uh, I know the Colts had said that that they were looking into it, but then their owner came out and said that guaranteed contracts are not something he wa- he wants to participate in, and, and we know what Lamar is looking for, um, which is a guaranteed contract. So, you know, I, I don't think that there's anything that's going to come from New England and Lamar Jackson. I just think that the negotiations at this point are not in the best place, and and. We'll see if that changes because just much like Aaron Rodgers, teams are trying to figure out what, what's happening here so they can continue to set up their rosters. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Uh, we, it was interesting what we've heard from Robert Kraft here the last couple of weeks. He even last week hinted that Gerard Mayo may be the heir apparent to Bill Belichick. What are we making of all this stuff? Is it just setting it up and trying to add a little more pressure here to Bill to finally get back to the playoffs without Tom Brady? There definitely seems to be a little bit of frustration there on a Robert Kraft you know, talking with the media. He sounded very different than Belichick. I mean, they usually do. But they've always been lock and step. But this time it sounds like things are a little off, and, and it doesn't surprise you because after what we saw, you know, under 500 performances two of the last three seasons. We saw how last year's what Robert Kraft called an experiment uh, did not work out very well. In fact, I think we all, we, we called it, and what do we know, guys, right? We, we all said it last summer, like, how is this going to work? And it didn't work. 
um, you know, uh, Mike Reese was just on uh, Get Up With Us talking about Mac Jones being in the building every day, staying in New England uh, during this offseason, staying, trying to get better, and, and, and has really gotten the attention of people in that uh, organization. But that organization still needs to sort some stuff out, right? And, and I don't think Bill O'Brien is coming in there to solve all the all the problems. Do I think it helps? I do, actually. But um, in terms of Bill Belichick's time in New England, I, I don't think he's in terrible danger. I, I, I definitely think there's a little bit of, like, nudging, a little bit of a wink of, like, mm, we got to get better because, we, we guys, we, we, you don't need to even be a football fan to recognize now that the shine of those Patriot championships are, are, are starting to dwindle. The more they lose, the more people start digging. And, of course, we mm-hmm. find out through some reports that Bill Belichick wasn't happy, allegedly, last off season, last season when Mac Jones, when things weren't going well, had sought some outside counsel about how to handle the situation between himself, Bill Belichick, the swapping of quarterbacks and, and the rotating cast of offensive coordinators that led to his demise last year. But how real mm-hmm. is that divide that may exist between Belichick and Mac Jones? So, first of all, when you go to the perspective of Mac Jones, you, you, you have to feel for him a little bit. I mean, here's somebody who's trying to navigate what has to be a really difficult situation, an organization that is notorious for doing things their way and only their way and, and keeping it that way and having success doing it. Anytime you talk to anyone that was part of that successful time in New England, it, it's hard to convince them there's other ways to do it. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. You're, you, even those that aren't proud, or not, not that they're not proud to be part of New England, but, but have kind of moved on and moved past their connections to New England, they'll, they'll be the first to tell you yeah, the place isn't perfect, but that formula works. Um, so in, in terms of moving forward, if Robert Kraft is speaking the truth, which is they're happy with Mac, they want Mac, and, and Bill Belichick brings in Bill O'Brien to help improve it, I think it's probably one of those relationships that, that – that can grow. And, and we know if he's having success, if Matt Jones is there every day, the way Mike Reese reported, and he's already starting to show perhaps maybe something Bill was looking for, um, you know, how, how could they not get off to the right step? It seems like everyone is trying to do the right thing here to have some success this season compared to what we saw last year, just which we, we all know was, was pretty ugly. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL insider. Okay. Because we're contractually obligated. What's the latest with Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and the Jets? Can we get a sponsored segment now? Can we, like, yeah. sponsor this whole thing? Just, uh, I guess, State Farm, right? Yeah. Um, throw a couple dollars. Or ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, perhaps. I don't know. Aaron's got my number. Yeah. Uh, so, look, from, from, I have nothing new to report, nothing major. Both sides still talking. Um, there's some language in the contract that they're still trying to, to sort out. The Jets having concern that, you know, if Aaron only plays one year, they don't want to have to give up that much compensation. Um, so I was told that the Packers are trying to make this work before the draft. They're trying to get this done because we know that they're going to want some of those Jets pieces, or excuse me, some of those draft, draft picks from the Jets to begin building around um, Jordan Love in Green Bay now as their starting quarterback. So do I think this happens, you know, before the draft? I, I think this is going to get done. I do. Um, but from – for right now, it seems everyone's kind of locked into what they want, and, 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 and that's not agreeing to this just yet. 
Greeny doesn't seem thrilled with the idea that this won't happen, and we saw him on Get Up throw a conniption the other day with the idea that was floated out there that the Jets could potentially draft a quarterback this year. <laughs> what do you think of the notion that's out there that set him into a tailspin about Hendon Hooker being that insurance policy at quarterback? Is that an overdraft there, if they go at 13 to get him? There are some days where – I, I want to be at work, and I wanted to be on that set with Greeny because I, I love watching that man lose his mind. Um, and, and, you know, this is somebody who texts me daily if there's any updates on Aaron Rodgers, like I'm a personal insider. I, I don't do that. I, like, I don't understand. No one's paying me extra money to work for Greeny. Greeny's becoming but, Benjamin Button here. He's becoming an infant when it comes to this stuff now. He's out of his mind about this. And, and for, for everyone's just overall mental health here uh, that works with alongside him um, all year round, you, you know, I hope this happens. But I understand. Look, the, n- n- there's no hard reporting right now uh, that has come out from the ESPN side that said that the Jets are looking into a quarterback. Uh, in fact, from what I can gather from my conversations, the plans that they have would would be not the draft. It would be outside the draft. It would be another team's quarterback uh, or perhaps backup quarterback um, to be the fill-in. So, so I don't – I'm not – it's it's hard for me to even take that seriously because I don't believe that's part of their plan. That that that's not something they're looking to do. So, um, could they take a quarterback at some point in the draft? Yes. Do I think it's to be with their topic? No. All right. We haven't done it in a few weeks. You ready for a little, dear Diana? I am actually. It's a very beautiful day uh, here in the New York area. It's eighty degrees. I'm in a good mood. So let's go. She's our life coach, dear Diana. She's your life coach. I think she should go with her initial instinct, which is, I'm going to avoid this. Hop on Bumble. Go find some other love somewhere else. <laughs> it's time for Dear Diana with our life coach, Diana Rossini. Tweet your questions using the hashtag Dear Diana. I'm ready to go. All right, I'm going to start this one personally. Uh, I have been married much longer than you have, yet I have a conundrum, and I want to get your take on this. Uh, personally, Dear Diana, I have zero and I mean zero interest in landscaping, none whatsoever. I will, I will make the equivalent of a mortgage payment to avoid it. My wife absolutely loves it, and when she's out there doing it, I can't help but feel guilty. Am I wrong for feeling guilty in this spot when she continually tells me, hey, it's good, I, I love doing this? She loves it to a point. Yeah. That's that's the that's what's going on here. So I'm sure she loves this spring cleanup right now, you know, the the quick little raking, but once it gets to, you know, a Wednesday night in the northeast where it's ninety degrees and the humidity is, is unbearable and she has to go out there to cut the lawn and you're gonna be sitting from your living room looking out the window. Well, to be clear, she's not cutting she's not cutting the lawn. That would that would be a line I would not cross. But like mulch? She lives in the mulch, loves the mulch, can't get okay. enough of the mulch. This, this is a woman that likes to get her hands dirty. You yes. should, this should make you love her even more. I think what you do, I think at some point over the next month or so, for absolutely no reason at all, you bring home a bouquet of flowers. And all you say in the note, you leave it on the table, thank you for making not only our house beautiful on the inside, but on the outside. And I love you for that. And I think she'd just appreciate that you see the effort that she's making. Because we both know, Chris, you're also being cheap. 
That's why you're not oh, getting no, landscaping. No, 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 no. Landscaping is expensive. No, it, so it I is get expensive. What you're doing. Hey, I lay out the money to get the lawn cut. I will. I, I'll do anything to avoid it myself. I am not being cheap. I am not being cheap. Which I as, stand by that. As a new homeowner, I've just discovered uh, the price of landscape. So it, it's why I'm able to weigh on this, weigh in on this very, <laughs> very comfortably. Which we bought our home from the uh, the. the previous owner was the president of the garden club in our town so you can imagine what our backyard looks like it is gorgeous and i i feel the pressure now in the neighborhood to keep up with it so um i'm not going out there i don't i mean i don't have time at the you know i'll lose my phone who knows what i'll do out there uh but yes i just wrote a very large check recently uh to take care of it so the fact that your wife has the effort, the energy, and even just that, that care, that TLC for your home to go out there and do it herself, dropping bags of mulch. Um, so much credit to her. She deserves flowers and definitely a nice dinner. Courtney. You guys are both making me glad that I live in a high-rise and chose not to <laughs> yep. deal with any of the uh, ancillary stuff with my building. Uh, very Stay happy that forever, my HOA is, uh, is, is covers all of that. Uh, speaking of your home, I know that you tweeted on Sunday that you, if you want to test the love that your significant other has for you, <laughs> ask them to hang or mount pictures. And I assume this was after the kids went to sleep, you're in the process of winding down, but this is a Sunday night activity for you. How did that go? Okay, so first of all, the, the 76ers were on, which is my husband's favorite basketball team. So the game, he wa- I know he wants to watch it. The children, my two sons, go to bed. They have a bulletin board. Um, or at least we have a bulletin board where we hang their little artwork from their daycare. And it's all not very good artwork, but I want to keep it. Um, so I wanted to just hang the bulletin board. Let me tell you, my husband is the son of a plumber. His uncles are all plumbers. His brothers are all uh, blue-collar guys. He made a hole in our wall that now my father has to come over and redo because the hole is that big. He destroyed it. And at the moment, I really wanted to tweet more about that. (laughs) The fact that not only did I ask my husband to mount a bulletin board, but he destroyed my kitchen wall. Brand new home, by the way, or at least brand new walls in the kitchen. Um, And the thing is, he's, he's pretty good with that stuff. But, but at this point, here, you know, here's the best part about it. As soon as he made the hole, right, so he, like, drives the nail in, the whole thing kind of uh, blows up, he looks at me, he goes, if you call your father and tell him this, I swear I'm moving out. Because he knows if anyone's going to give him a hard time, it's going to be my dad. So here's the moral of the story. Do, don't ask anyone to do something for you that, that A, you don't want to do at the wrong time. It's all about the timing. Right. So if you want yeah. someone to actually do something that you don't want to do, ask him at the right. If I had asked him in the morning before the kids got up, he probably would have been like, sure, I'll do it. Or as soon as he got back from the gym, the endorphins are kicking in. Then it probably would have been done and done the right way. But because he wanted to watch the game and the last thing he wanted to do was hang up a bulletin board in my kitchen on a Sunday night when he's got a full week of work. Um, I, I was asking for it. So that that is probably the headline of this week's advice is, is it's all about the timing of when you ask for favors. Outstanding stuff as usual, Diana. We'll talk next week. Anyone know anyone that can fix my wall? (laughs) Drywall? Good luck. You're on your own. At least you know he didn't tank it, because that's a move, too. That you can tank it, and hopefully you'll never be asked to do it again.
I mean, I, I don't think she's going to ask him to do it again. He just yeah. destroyed her wall. Well, in my mind, then mission then outed him on national radio. Yeah, she, well, that's a Hope great her thing. Her father's Diana. not listening right now. She will take anybody out at any point. It is Courtney Cronin, Chris Carlin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Why dragons are the biggest reason UConn won the championship. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Who knew a pair of underwear won the national championship for UConn? Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit your business's needs from quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options. Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Apparently, Dan Hurley, UConn, uh, men's basketball coach, of course, they just won the championship the other night, uh, had a superstition, and it involved his lucky underwear. Here he is the other day describing on SportsCenter uh, the situation uh, that he found himself in. Yeah, no, a lot of questions about uh, the, the Miandi situation uh, with the Dragons. Uh, listen, I got people to, you got to understand, the Dragons are not undefeated. Um, they just went into the uh, NCAA tournament with the best overall record. Uh, and they were going up against um, the Sharks and the, and the Wolves underwear. So I had, my, I had one of our GAs just go back and, and just put together the wins and losses. Uh, and then, obviously, I rode the hot hand in the tournament. Okay, so to be clear, he had, like, a bunch of different pairs of MeUndies, and one of them had dragons on it. One of them had sharks on it, and he had a grad assistant go back and keep track of when he wore one underwear during the season and what each set of underwear's record was, and then he wore that set, the one with the best record, the one with the dragons, for the NCAA tournament. Now, now here's what's even more interesting to me. Chris Russo, the Mad Dog, his son, Timmy, is a grad assistant on UConn's staff. And I'm wondering if he is the one that was tasked with this, having to go back and find out the record of the head coach's underwear. Those GAs don't get paid enough to do this. But, you know, this story actually gets weirder. The New York Post had an article about this. They actually, like, took a picture of what this, this pair of underwear was. If you need the visual, it's red, black stripe around the waistband, uh, green, red, yellow dragons. It's 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 just a little weird to know that that's what he was wearing underneath his suits. But apparently, he traveled with a portable washing machine uh, during the season to make sure these boxers were ready for every game. And his wife Andrea, I guess they interviewed her too. She's the one who dried them out of the portable washer because you can't 
you know, you can't bring a portable dryer with you. That's where we draw the line, Chris. She dried these things with a hair dryer so he'd be able to have them for every game. All right, look. I mean, this this is not superstition. This is a disorder. Let's be clear about that. As somebody with many disorders, that's a disorder. There is no doubt. First of all, what the hell does a portable washer look like and how big is it? That's what I'm wondering. Like, why wouldn't you just wash them in the sink? You can bring laundry detergent with you if, if, you, if you really have to, and then you can hand wash them in there. Or you can dry them with the hair dryer at the Marriott that you're staying with. I actually, I have a little story on this. I'll make it quick. When I was covering the College World Series in 2013, when Mississippi State went out to Omaha, we didn't have, like, I had no idea how long they were going to be out there. And fortunately, the motel we were staying at, which was halfway to Lincoln, allowed us to use the industrial washers to wash our clothes because we did not bring enough. I don't know why he couldn't do that at the hotel instead of having his wife hand dry these things. But I, I can't even imagine that, like, all right, you've got the GAs doing it. You've got your wife involved in all this. Kind of Dude, weird for an intimate piece of clothing. Like, I just, I don't want a lot of people knowing about what I'm wearing. No, I agree. Hurt. And it's it, weird. Do you have any superstitions at all? No, not for sports. I mean, I need to have coffee and water to make sure that I'm hydrated on game days and locked in, ready to go. But that's do, it. Do you have any superstitions for anything in life? Not many. Yeah. I'm kind of a cynic. I'm just like you. That's why we pair so well. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a cynic. I like to think I'm a half glass full, uh, glass half full guy, <laughs> even though that's complete crap, and we both know it. Speaking of which, glass ain't half full for the Lakers. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio, or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also, catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast.